welcome to Lift Up Your Hearts podcast. This is a podcast where I show that a simple goofball like me can have a deep and profound prayer life. Not that my thoughts are profound, but that I can have a a simple and deep and beautiful abiding prayer life. And I can have it every single day with some simple tools that are taught to us by St. Ignatius. St. Ignatius was a saint of the Catholic Church and taught a set of guidelines on how to use Scripture to meditate and contemplate. Today will be kind of more of a meditation on the second week of Advent, the Gospel according to Mark, the beginning of the Gospel of Mark. And the first thing we do at the beginning of all of our prayer is we acknowledge that God loves us. We do that by contemplating how he looks on us with love. And we'll have to start engaging our imagination right away and imagine the Lord in the room with you. He's looking on you as a loving father. Not as you look on yourself, not as others look at you, but as he looks at you with mercy and tenderness as a father looks on his son or daughter who, no matter what they do, he will not die for them. Imagine a loving father who looks at you and will die for you. We do that for the moment of an Our Father. This is to allow us to orient our whole lives, orient our understanding of prayer, and to start to receive from the Father right away. Once we do that, we, we check out what passage we're reading for the day. And what I found very helpful, especially on a day like today where there's, there's kind of retelling of a story, they're kind of painting a picture for us. The, it says the, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophet Isaiah, uh, and then it goes on to tell us a story, and I think for me, you know, there was there's, you just kind of forget sometimes the all the meaning that is in each passage, and I I think you know whenever I'm giving a talk somewhere, I'm speaking to someone, especially if I have some time to prep for it, I think what am I gonna what am I gonna open with, you know. What's going to be the thing that kind of grabs their attention or keeps their attention? And, you know, I started to read this passage and I thought, hmm, that seems kind of uninteresting. And so I thought, well, I'll check out a couple uh, study Bibles and see what they say. So I really want to encourage this as kind of like a prayer help because sometimes we can kind of forget the context or forget the magnitude of something, or 
Yeah, I mean, and it just really helps. So what helped me was, you know, this Word on Fire Bible. Bishop Cous- or Bishop uh, Barron reminds us that this opening of the passage is actually pretty, pretty controversial. You know, the gospel, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So. That word, evangelium, evangelium is where we get evangelistic or evangelist or the good news, the gospel. And it was a, a Roman pronouncement, the good news of a victory from the king. And the gospel writer here writing... The beginning of the gospel, the the beginning of the good news of the victory of Jesus Christ, Son of God. And also, Bishop Barron reminded me that that phrase, Son of God, was used, that was given to the Roman emperor. So it wasn't just, you know, we hear it so often. We hear the good news, the gospel, uh, Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, and we kind of take it for granted or it has some different types of meaning for us. And, and so it's not as profound as it could be. And so when we read it here, we might hear that on, in the Sunday gospel and think, Oh, no big deal. Okay. He's just kind of, maybe that's like the title, you know, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, son of the living God. However, the author is pronouncing the truth of the whole darn book. You know, I mean, the whole thing. That Jesus is one, and he's the son of the living God. And then this is how his life came about. It was foretold. So, um, Ignatius asks us to read it through the first time. And kind of just get the story and and hear what's happening. I like to try to get a little more information because I'm not a biblical scholar, because I'm not a you know scholar of the Roman Empire. Empire. I don't think about it every single day, so those things aren't on the forefront. So I like a nice study Bible. You know, I really love the Word on Fire one. I really love the Ascension one that Jeff Cavins put together because it just kind of it helps my prayer it helps give me some material in some ways just like the gospel each week or each day or the readings for the day can give me some material to to meditate on and talk to Jesus about those things can kind of frame the picture for me because I don't know what you know I don't know the profundity of the author saying that is until I read that and I think, oh yeah, I forgot. So I highly encourage it. Maybe it's a Christmas gift you might want to give to someone. We're in the season of Advent, the shortest Advent we can have. And I've given out those uh, Word on Fire Bibles to a lot of people for Christmas, and I've given out other Bibles to people for Christmas as well. And uh, man, when you think about it, it's possibly not a better gift 
not to say any of your gifts aren't aren't good, but it's a it's a wonderful opportunity to share the beauty and goodness of our faith, and and possibly for them to start reading something that has more than just the scripture passages in it. This is a paperback; it's not even that expensive. I think it's maybe thirty or forty dollars. So, it's a it's a great gift for a, a nephew, a godson, a confirmation candidate or something like that. So today's gospel is the gospel according to Mark. Again, you know, it's the beginning, chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. And this is just a framing of the beginning of this story here, telling us that some of what Jesus' mission is here and also that his whole life was foretold from, the, you know, the prophet Isaiah even further back. So it's a beautiful thing to meditate on as we as we enter into this Advent season and we get ready for, you know, the coming again of Jesus as a baby, but also into our lives and we can open that up to him. And also he's going to come again. And surprise, surprise, we're all going to die. And we're going to meet him. And we need to be ready. Because we want to be ready to meet the one who loves us so much. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, son, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet, or Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way. A voice of one crying out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight his paths. John the Baptist appeared in the desert, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. People of the whole Judean countryside and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. John was clothed in camel's hair and with a leather belt around his waist. He fed on locusts and wild honey, and this is what he proclaimed. One mightier than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop and loosen the thongs of his sandals. I have baptized you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Again, it's good to... Just orient ourselves to what's happening here in the story. The author is trying to, again, this is this is a meditation and not a homily or a teaching or a Bible study even. This is my own reflection that this author is trying to give us a picture of Jesus being foretold. Also, you know, I mean, just like I said in the beginning, he's telling us this, this is good news, the good news of Jesus Christ, Son of God. The Son of God. And any time that pops in or we doubt it or we question why we do all the stuff we do and 
do I really need to work hard or go to confession? And we can answer in the affirmative because we believe that this is true, that these words are true. For me, that's been a big thing. I mean, I think when I was younger, I did question our faith. I I don't know if I really questioned it, but I certainly I certainly pseudo questioned it to to maybe see where it would get me and see if I could lay down some of its obligations for me or if I could excuse some of them and when I knew our Savior personally, that changed. But also, coming back to it, there's just no other truth. Jesus was foretold for so long, and then he fulfilled it. It's not, there's no ambiguity about that. Really, people don't even, you know, people don't even dispute that. Whether he rose from the dead, some people dispute, I guess. Um, but for me, at least, it was uh, trying to run away from all the consequences of it. And we see here, you know, even these people are going to John the Baptist to repent of their sins. There's just, yeah, I guess for me, it just reminds me of there's something about sin that we want not to just be excused or try to be, yeah, we we often want to find excuses for it, but we ultimately want it to be washed away. And John baptizing in the Jordan is a reflection of that, this desire within me to want those sins to be washed away from me. And this symbol of water certainly is a symbol of washing. It's a symbol of life and a symbol of washing. It's a symbol of life because I can't live without it. And it's a symbol of washing because it's what I use to cleanse everything from my clothes to my body and you know everything else the floor you know dishes and i want those things to be in order and i desire that yeah you know, it just reminds me that jesus's message for me is about the forgiveness of my sins for me. Again, this is not a homily. I'm not preaching to you. This is this is very real to me that Jesus's message, the good news of his message for me is the forgiveness of my errors and my stupidity and yeah, just my just my stupidity, you know. My carelessness, my my flat out evil in my own heart, my flat out pride in my own heart that I don't want 
I certainly don't want it. His his good news is not just a, a good news of a promise of eternal life. It's a promise of a a real desire to be cleansed from my fallen nature. To be cleansed from my stupidity and my, my choices that I turned away from and, and even if I try to excuse them in so many ways, I still don't want them, you know? I still don't want to do those things. And finding excuses or justifying them, it just doesn't work, you know? I really want to be loved, and to be forgiven. I don't really want excuses or justification from it. I want something more, way more. And I think that's what, that's what this is in some ways, is for me at least, is the author telling me John gave a forgiveness of sins through the, the water Jesus is giving it through the Spirit, through the life-giving Spirit that gives me everything, and I can be reconciled with Him. And and that's a powerful, beautiful thing. And it's at the beginning of the Gospel. It doesn't start with the, you know, the infancy narrative. Mark doesn't. And and I I like that. I love the infancy narrative, of course, but I like that it's a reminder to me that Jesus' good news is the very thing I need, the forgiveness of my sins. So I hope this was a message for you that this too can be maybe your mantra, but also just just want to show you how I pray and what that means to me and I hope this isn't too preachy and, and that you can get from it that this is just a conversation that I'm having with the Lord in meditating on this and, and moving through it. The rest of the week I'm going to ask the Lord uh, talk to Him about it ask Him what, what am I meant to do with this, Lord? Where am I going to go with this? Lord, how can I live this better? And then I let him answer. I just sit with it. And I, I put these out on Wednesday or Thursday so that we can take some time during the week to really go through it and really meditate on it for a couple days. Let it ruminate in your heart and your soul and let it really become something real for you. So that when we get to Sunday and we hear a homily, that we've already kind of gone through this in our heart. And, and Father's homily or wherever you're going can be a beautiful reminder for us in a, in a pep talk. And, and maybe he'll also give you some extra 
things to meditate on that you can take the rest of the week. This is a beautiful way to pray, pray that you don't have to just show up to church or at your house and just, I don't know what to pray about. Um, I hope this is giving you giving you some of that. Shout out to all the new subscribers. I don't know all of your names, but uh, thank you for subscribing. Please uh, share this if you found some fruit from it. And uh, I'll see you next time. God bless.